Listen, bingo, bingo, bingo. Hendrix was singing the oh, Adele song bingo. yesterday. Yeah, I do bing bing. Mm. <sighs> what song do we know? Um, <laughs> I don't know. What What's your favorite song? Mm, kind of Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yeah, I know. You're a Swi- You're a Swifty. Yeah, <laughs> I love Taylor Swift. Hi. Hi. Wait, I know, I know one. I actually know one, and I made this one up. What the matter? What's the matter? I love you. I love you. Tell me what's the matter. Tell me what's the matter. I love you. I love you. Was that what you made up? Because I just made that up too. Yeah. I want to try. Okay, you do it. No, no, no. I have one more song. One more song. Welcome to another episode of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents with your host, Doug Hayner, and... My lovely co-host, Jamie N. Otis. Hainer. Hainer, who is on a tear right now. Should we give him the exciting news? On a tear? I mean, this news was already what? shared before, but she's been on a tear I'm a t- writing and rewriting her book, which I'm very excited over. What is a tear? A tear. You've been on a tear. Like, you've been, you've been th- in the thick of it. And doing it. I have never heard that expression before. Really? No. Did you just make that up? No. That's like a thing. Like <laughs> like if someone's <laughs> doing really well in something, like they're on a tear. Like if if I if I hit get three hits in like two oh, or three consecutive expression? yeah games, like I'm on a tear. Okay, is that a sports expression then? I guess so, yeah. Because I have never heard Hey, dude, I'm on a tear right now. And that's why cheerleading is not a sport. Hey. I said it. I don't like that. I said it. I don't like your tone of voice, <laughs> Mr. Hainer. Anyway. It is a sport. They just No, you're right. It's a competition. Douglas Hainer. I'm sorry. I, this, is, off, this is starting off this all is a, wrong. <laughs> this is a longstanding argument that I've had since high school with people. I don't know why. That's, that's like so like no, not but, supportive to women or I know, men but, who... Do you hear our kids screaming? I know. the um, No, but uh, cheerleading is a very strenuous um, sport. Yeah, it is. And it takes a lot of dedication and bravery. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm always curious how guys get into it. Probably because they get to... Hang out with really hot, hot girls, yeah. Yeah, and like lift them up and then they have to look up. And what they see when they look up? Underneath the girl's skirt. That's true. <laughs> I've always imagined myself twisting and holding someone up by their foot with one arm. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Is I was never weird? a flyer, but hey, you want to try? <laughs> <laughs> Me and all my post-baby weight. <laughs> Fun fact, Jamie and I did a TikTok challenge today. Yeah, we did actually. And uh, it was something that guys supposedly can't do. Yeah. So me. someone lays on the floor, the other person stands on their feet and then you have to do like a sit up, but you have to stand all the way up without pushing off the ground or, or using holding your hands. onto your partner. And, um, yeah, supposedly guys can't do it. And um, I couldn't do it and my husband could. So he's really, it wasn't, just... a, it wasn't a clean all the way up. Like I stumbled a bit, but I did get to get up to my feet. But anyway, no, I, I really wanted to, um, to kind of talk about your book because for anybody that hasn't purchased wifey 101 
Um, it is a story that takes place through Jamie's entire childhood, gives you a great background on her childhood. I'm actually thinking about, and I've never shared this ever publicly, but I'll share it here on the podcast because I just was thinking about it recently and I probably will eventually sh- like put a poll up on my Instagram because I really enjoy getting feedback from you my girlfriends and I do love polls, but, um, I wanted to kind of just like chat it out here on the podcast because I was thinking about changing the title to the book of the book and like you is mean that the even, second part of the title yeah but like is that even kosher <laughs> like how do you like write a book and then change the title i like, don't know if it is it considered a rewrite at that point i don't know either but it's not really a rewrite it's not a c se- i mean it's, it's not a sequel a, it's a continuation yeah it's a continuation of a memoir and i don't know that anybody's ever done that but you know taylor swift is doing all sorts of things in music that nobody's ever done. Yeah. And I'm like there for it. So well, I don't know I'm, that anyone's ever written a memoir and then actually lived more life and then wanted to add to it. Yeah. But here I am calling well, me the da- Taylor Swift. I'm the Taylor Swift of writing. Would you say that uh, the more exciting part of your life, because you, you documented your childhood growing up, what that was like, and then two years into marriage. And now we've had about eight years of marriage. Would you say that since these, then these last eight years have been more exciting? Um, it's not that they're more exciting, just but a lot different, the title obviously. of the book is wifey one Oh one. And, and I feel like at the time, of course, I felt like I was, I was totally able to write wifey one one I had been a wife. I am a wife, but now that I've been a wife for 10 years, I'm like, dang girl, like there was a whole lot more that I just want to share about it, especially for women who are wives or who are hoping to become wives. And so it's not that like it's been more exciting or interesting or something, but it's like, I've learned so much more. And I feel like after spending a decade married to someone, I just feel like I have more to share. And I think it's important to, to kind of like update this book because it belongs in there, you know, yeah. like I couldn't really write another book, I guess. I, and that's the thing is everyone's asking, why aren't you just writing a second book? And can you write two memoirs about yourself? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You can write, you yeah, of course you can. But cause it can be about different things. And I plan on writing more even after this. But for me, my thought is that There's I wouldn't still want a lot to, of people that, that need to hear your story and the backstory. I think that is like, I don't know. I, I think it's a perfect continuation because it's, it's not so much like, Yes, it's a separate life, but if you were to end the book just before you got married, then you can write a book about marriage. marriage. Like that would be a separate right, book. Exactly. But you took the book into right. two years of marriage. So exactly. why would you write another marriage book? book? It would about, make, yeah. I don't know. For me, it's like I already have a marriage wifey book out there and it's just missing a lot of key components of where we're at right now. And so a lot of major moments, I mean, ginormous moments. I mean, there are so many updates too, like how I found my father, you coming off of Suboxone and me finding out that you're really even on it. I had yeah. no idea when I Kids. first wrote the book. Yeah. We've had, we've been pregnant. We've lost pregnancies. We have two beautiful children. There's so many things. And so, yeah, I just felt like it wouldn't, do I just would make most sense for me to kind of go back in. Also, I self-published the book and not for nothing, but I mean, I tried my real bat, like my hardest and I'm really, really so thankful and so proud for all the five-star reviews on Amazon. It should be, there's a lot. Even on uh, like Goodreads. I mean, that's really kind of you, but the one-star reviews mostly are because they're like, oh, there's so many grammatical errors. I can't handle it. And I'm like, that's embarrassing to me, even though I'm not an English major. I don't, you know that. And that's to me, if you listening, if you take one thing away from this is like, 
just be willing to just do it. Just go put it out there because you know what? I got more positive reviews than I got negative ones and it's not perfect. It's like far from perfect. And it's really, truly like two years of marriage and I'm writing a wifey 101 book. Like, who do you think you are? You know, even well, 10 years, who do you yeah. think you are? I mean, who's, who's perfect anyway? Yeah, you know no, I mean? it's true. And it wasn't about that. That subtitle is everything I got wrong after finding Mr. Right. It's, it wasn't like, oh, let me tell you how to be a perfect wife. Yeah. It was like, let me tell you everything you don't want to do. Uh, Cause that's what I did. I'll tell you what I did. And then just don't do that. And you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I was saying to you about though, is I feel like I kind of want to change the subtitle because really the number one question I always get asked and the whole reason that I even wrote the book was, well, A, it was very therapeutic because it's just so good to like get your feelings out on paper. But also the whole reason I wrote it is that the number one question I always get asked is why, why did you marry a complete stranger? And like, who on earth does this? I still ask that. I mean, everyone still asks that all the time. We always get asked that. And the answer, the answer isn't, just a quick, simple, oh, I felt like it. It Really, it was so much more than that to me. It it was a combination of, you know, my childhood, the way I was raised, the men that were in my life, how I didn't trust them. I didn't feel like I could trust men that I was dating. Even men that I started dating were just very jealous, abusive, like not so much physically as like emotionally. And um, just like, I just couldn't, I didn't know how. Like there was no manual. And every example of, of like love, I guess that I saw I, well, I just really didn't see any, like really. I mean, my grandma and my grandpa, it's so sad to say, but like, no, because my mom told me that my, my grandpa, who has also since then admitted that he was molesting my mom. And so technically they're in a loving marriage, but I know in my heart, that's not love. Like, how do you stay with a man that abused your daughter and you don't believe your daughter? And, you know, my grandma never believed my mom. And then it comes out later that my grandfather admitted to it and said that she actually liked it and wanted it. And it's like, ew, like, come on. And so if those are like the examples um, of love and like my, you know, my stepdad was in and out of jail for beating my mom up and things like that. And so I really didn't have a great example of love and I really didn't even know where to begin to look for it. I truly didn't. And so went on the bachelor and that was (laughs) like a crapshoot. And I don't know if that's the best, uh, Best exercise for yeah. Dating. Honestly, it wasn't even like I didn't even feel like I belonged there. I was like, I am not cool enough. And speaking of that, you know, obviously we just had Courtney on, and I, I'm very thankful for the friendships that I made from that show and just the ex- life experiences and whatnot. A few of them were at our wedding, or one of them. One, Erica, Erica yeah. Rose. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think like how I, for both of us, I mean, totally different backgrounds, but yeah, like the stars everything aligned for that point for mm-hmm. us. I mean, if you were to go two months before, two months after, I don't know if, if that would have happened because two months before you were in a or relationship. three months before I was sort of seeing somebody. I don't, I, I don't know if I would have went on the show. Um, but like you're after going through your book and, and hearing your stories, it, it's, it's almost like everything led to that point. And it, yeah. it, like you, you can look back now, especially almost 10 years later and think like that, it was just the perfect timing. Yeah. Like it was just it was, everything aligned yeah. perfectly. It's wild. The right experts, because I mean, that was a major part of, of me signing up for the show. Same. And I'm sure you, oh yes. you know, 
any other experts, I don't know if, if it would have meshed them. or, yeah. yeah, you know, like they just had a perfect group, yeah. a perfect formula. They hid the name from us. They didn't tell us till the end that we, we didn't have much to go on. Like there was nothing there for us to say, oh, well, it just looks like this or the show's just about this or, yeah. you know, they're going to do this on the show. No, this is a brand new show. We're starting it. They don't know what's going to be well received by the audience and, so they're just going to film everything. It's Which a documentary. Honestly, and, and what I liked. Yeah. The fact that it was set up as a documentary and that it wasn't like a reality TV show and they presented it to us as if they were trying to help people who are struggling to have a relationship yeah. actually maintain their relationship. I was like, wow, God, like, I feel like you're like answering my prayers right now. Like it really yeah. felt like that to me. And I was like, who on earth? Like at first I'm like, this is crazy and who wouldn't, who would do this? But then I was like, who on earth wouldn't do this? Like the fact that you have these trusted experts that are really going to sit down and, and hang out with you and analyze you and also a slew of other singles and then put you together with a perfect match. It just seemed like, wow. And then they're going to be there with you throughout the process to make yeah. sure that, you know, that you're doing, you, you're doing your end of the deal, right. As far as being a spouse, like, cause you don't know what you're doing. But that was my, my thought exactly was you know there's there was a lot of people i mean they they separated us it's not like now where all the couples get together and and yes. each of them attends the weddings and like everybody's yeah. all friends and everything you know we it was kept secret but what i what i loved about it and or when i think back to my thought process of of why i continued on i had the same thing and i, I i'm sure i've said it before but it was like when they mentioned the show, when they said what it was, Married at First Sight, the first time you see this person is going to be at your wedding. My, after they explained it, my first thought wasn't, I wasn't scared. I wasn't like, this is just ridiculous. This is bonkers. I was like, you mean I'm going to be able to tell you everything about me? You're going to be able to have a, a therapy session with me and I'm going to paint a picture of who I would want to marry, uh, you know, like morals, deal breakers. You're going to follow all this stuff and I could tell you who my perfect person would be. Why would I not want to do that? And I think that might be the secret for anybody that is going into marriage at first sight is yeah. your mindset has to be, why wouldn't I do this? If I'm honest with myself, if I think I know what I want and I, I know that but I could give it my all um, and you, you trust the experts. I mean, that was a major part of well, it. Well, that's the problem though, is I don't think people are trusting the experts. I don't think that they're giving it their all. I really yeah. don't like They've been catching a lot of heat it's these like past few seasons and this season this. in particular. And we're going to give our maps recap because we haven't given one in a couple of weeks now. So yeah, we definitely have to, yeah, we have to do a recap. There's on a first lot night. to get to. Um, but I, I do want to quickly mention, cause we were talking about five-star reviews for your book. We do have a new five-star review for the podcast. Thank which, you yeah, for the five-star reviews, which come from, uh, comes from Megan Sweens who writes, longtime Fran. I have always loved Jamie and Doug. I have followed them since the very beginning. Their love story is truly inspiring. Watching them grow and develop as people and as a couple fills my heart with joy. Also, being a child who came from a broken home in Trailer Park, I instantly connected with Jamie and love how transparent she always was with her upbringing. Now a mother myself, I feel even closer to her. Feels weird saying, I have a friend I've never met, but I swear we would connect on a soul level. This podcast highlights the complexities of marriage and parenthood on a raw and genuine level. Thank you for sharing your lives with us and allowing us to connect with you both. Oh, Megan, I see when I read that, I'm like, I wish we were neighbors because we probably would really connect. I mean, I don't know anyone 
in my circle, I guess now that has the same like upbringing and it would just be so nice, you know, because I feel like there are times when just other people just don't understand, you know, but just like it's, and and that goes for, for everybody really. I mean, Mm. but it's just something else when you grow up with like, you know, domestic violence and poverty and all that jazz. But But, um, well, before, before that, so, um, this particular, um, type of Fran, um, we love to meet. Oh yeah. Um, Well, we like to meet all of you, but but I, I think the unique position that, that we're in is we've always vowed to be the same people on and off camera and we've always given ourselves to the camera and even sharing our lives. So when we do meet people, it like people feel connected to us because they've been which is so for it. nice. It, it breaks down that sort of barrier where people are trying to figure out who you are. Like if we were actors and just playing different characters and people like the character. They like, yeah. you know, you're seen in this or they like your accent. But they don't this. really like, know what you're like. Right. They don't know what you're personally like. Like we, <laughs> this is us. Like we've yeah. always been our personal yeah. selves. So I think it. So it, when you meet yeah. us, you really do see that this is just who we are. And it, and well, it just makes for a better meeting with yeah, everybody. And it is, it used to be, to be very, very honest, you know, we get stopped all the time now and the at first it was a little awkward for me because I was like, Oh my gosh, they know everything about me, but I know nothing about them. And, and then I would be kind of insecure and shy about that because you know, it's like you're meeting someone like who knows everything Everything about about you you. and you don't know anything about them. But then I quickly realized that the people who came up to me and like, who really cared about me, they have similar past, they have similar struggles, they have like similar, like either they're a mom or they're trying to conceive or they grew up in, you know, in a trailer park, just like I did. I mean, we have something that connects and that's why they come. And so then like all the walls can break down, especially when they say to me, like what, like how they connect or whatever. And sometimes, you know, they'll be like, oh, I just love your content. You make me laugh and make me feel good. And that's cool too. But yeah, yeah, it is kind of really nice to hang out and meet with the friends who come up and say like, well, that's what's kept us going. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that, that is what keeps you going because there's an awful lot of hate also. I mean, just, I not even going to get there cause we don't like to give it any time or energy, but there's also a lot of hate that comes with like the more of a quote that's unquote you know following you've you made have. It. That's what Doug always says, but I'm like, and you know, you've made it. I'm okay. Not making it, but I don't have to deal with the hate. Like I just would love to just meet the good people and some, hang some with people them. Just, yeah, some people just have to hate. They have to do it. It's so sad. It's like, why is your life so miserable that you have to send hate messages to me about how I am as a mother and about how I look and about the way I behave? The way I look at it is it, it, you know, we're, we're giving people purpose, you know, whether you're doing a good thing or a bad, or, or if they just hate you, like you're giving them a purpose. That doesn't feel good though, Doug. I know, but it's your, if you think of it as like a silver lining, you know, like what would that person be doing if they didn't hate something? Well, maybe you it's know. better they hate us and because we have thicker skin than like if they hated on someone like their children. Well, or who what, knows what, what I'm saying is, is the, the amount of people that, that are here, like even when we were first on the show and the hateful messages that we would get or people just saying negative things, we would have an army yeah. of friends that would go after it. So like the, the hateful people are always going to be out there. But it's like, we don't, we, we aren't fighting you that know fight what, anymore. Doug, so true story. Last night I was up and someone commented something like mean on one of my Instagram posts. 
And then a few ladies had my back. I and know, it's really nice. It was really sweet. And I just like went to their page privately and DM'd them. And then I could see that this one girl, her name's Jessica. I won't say her last name for her privacy, but her name's Jessica. And she has been messaging me since like 2020. And she just, and I never saw them because I get, I do get a lot of DMs and I try to see them all, but sometimes they're like in a different box and I don't yeah. see Primary, them. Primary, general, and then you yeah. have to go back and forth. And so, weird. or sometimes it's like, it comes in and is requested for some yeah. reason. But anyways, I find, I saw all her messages and every single one of them were just so sweet and supportive or like, just like, a, you know, just like a normal person really. And so then I saw that she had a GoFundMe in her bio and I was like, oh, I wonder like what that's about. So I clicked on it and it was a woman who um, was dying of cancer. Uh, her cancer. Oh, was that had, her sister? Yeah. How'd you know? I think I overheard you oh, talking about it. Yeah. Something. And so then, so. Wasn't it old? <laughs> yeah, it was old. Yeah. <laughs> it was an old GoFundMe. Yeah. So I said, oh, you know, who is that? Because, you know, honestly, I want to support, like, I, that's the whole point of this is the community, like the camaraderie of it. Like she supported me. Now, how can I support her? And I can't do that with everyone all the time because there's way more of you, which I'm so blessed for. But when I, if and when I can, I absolutely will. And so yeah. I saw her and I wanted to support her. And then she said, a really sad story to me that like her, you know, her sister unfortunately already passed and, and actually, and what, how about this for timing? The day that I messaged her was like two days before her sister's anniversary of her death. And then the day that I went back to like check up on her DMS without, cause I hadn't, I didn't even right. realize that I saw that it was her sister's birthday. And so I, was able to DM her again on her sister's birthday and say, Hey, you know, like, how are you doing? And happy birthday. And, um, and then I sent her something just like a little something just to, you know, just to, yeah. just to like, and actually her sister's birthday is in March and, um, don't say it's March. Or no, no, it's not our anniversary, but, um, her birthday's in March and I wanted to try to find a way to like, not have something sent until that day or like, like write it on the calendar or something. But anyways, um, and, and random side note, but that just literally just happened. Right. But this also brings us to the, the talk that we were having because we do have a 10 year anniversary coming up. Yes. And you know, it's a big deal for us, but it's also a big deal for married at first sight. Um, you know, if it wasn't for married at first sight, uh, a lot of this wouldn't, have happened. I mean, we wouldn't be married. We, we would, there's we would have no, never met. no chance we would have met no. outside of no married way. at first sight or stuck together outside yeah, of married no at first way. sight. No way. But no chance we would have <clears throat> met. And if by chance we happened to have met, not a chance yeah. we would still be together. But the unique part of that is that there's so many of you that have been with us since day one. And, and even that is the not, day, yeah, that is yeah. not lost on us. No, not at all. At all. And we, we, we love to serve we understand that, you know, everybody's, you know, like this is a family, uh, yeah. regardless of how far if we've never spoken before or, or anything really, we understand the, that, you know, people have been with us for 10 years. They've, they've yeah. watched us say, I love you together. They've watched our first kiss. They've watched both of our kids being born Yeah, and continue to follow and support us. And, you know, 10 years is, is a, a big deal. We won't ever get another 10 years uh, again, well, obviously. Well, 
Because it'll be 20. Because it'll be 20. Jeez, you say that like, yeah. um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this is the last February 1st, 2024 we're ever going to have. That's very true. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this time stamps the whole entire episode. Yeah, um, it's, February, it's yeah. February 1st, 2024 right now we're talking yeah. about this. But we, we go back and forth about should it should the 10-year thing be for us? Uh, or should we invite people? Should we do a destination? Should we plan something? Should we plan something separate? And we are, we're kind of working out we are, those kinks. I'm a little far behind because I am writing my book. And so I'm trying to write a book plus plan a vow renewal plus be a mom to two little kiddos and have like a regular job. And it's uh, and not a regular a job, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that too. And be a wife. And, you and know, trying to make conceive. A baby. But we're not overly thinking about that right now. No, we're not putting pressure. We're taking the pressure off. Uh, yes. We're just trying to have fun with the whole trying to conceive That's thing. That's right. Right now. But, uh, anyways. Fun. But as I say that, I'm like, I could be pregnant because my breasts are sore. But I'm like, apparently they. It's all really strange because they never used to get sore huh. before my period and now they do. But I wonder if it's. My like, nipples are sore, actually. I wonder if it's the supplements I'm taking because I'm taking a crap ton of supplements but uh, you've been working out too right yeah but that wouldn't make your breast sore yeah I and guess what are you well, saying I mean, your nipples are sore i was just seeing if i could get that comment in uh, and you yai, wouldn't comment yai. <laughs> what on earth are you talking about i didn't, I didn't think you would catch that <laughs> i i am listening to you homeboy <laughs> what <laughs> oh that's awesome so yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're still figuring that out. And yeah. honestly, we're open for, you know, any ideas or thoughts that you have, please let me know. And uh, or if you guys would, would like to go to something like or that. Or like if we streamed or, it live or if we yeah. filmed it, I think that would be really fun to be able to invite our friends. Like, yeah, it would be. Yeah. As long as like it, as long as we could, like that yeah. would be awesome. Make but a little special out of it. But going back to Married at First Sight, because well, wait, I, I want to ask you about one last thing about your book. Okay. Um, so what is your goal or what is your plan after this, after you finish the book and get it published? Is there going to be a book tour? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm self-publishing it again. And am I getting ahead of myself? You're getting a little ahead. No, I mean, these are great questions that I should be thinking about. And I have been thinking about, I am a little overwhelmed because I'm self-publishing it again. And right now at the process I'm in February 1st, 2024, as I'm still writing the darn book. Um, so I'm, I went through and I reread the whole entire thing. And then I found some grammatical errors myself. I'm like, I must, I must have been educated since, since I first wrote this. Cause I'm like, dang girl, that, how do you not see that that comma doesn't belong there? Yeah. But, um, and then I, um, I have already written another chapter to kind of like tie it into where we're at now. And I still have a few more chapters of just updating on what we're doing and whatnot. And then I need an editor and I need to have, I need to shoot a new book cover and I, and back to, to the, what I, the question I had earlier is if I change the title, like I kind of want to change it to, pardon me, I kind of want to change it to wifey 101, geez, pardon me. Um, I kind of want to change it to wifey 101, <laughs> Stop. wifey 101, uh, why I married a complete stranger on national television. I feel like that's really the subtitle for this book, especially after I add in, you know, all that I'm adding in. But anyways, um, so, and then from there, I would love to do a book tour and I would love to be able to, um, get an RV again. No, nope, definitely not that. (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, I would just love to be able to meet with girlfriends and talk about my life, their life, like where we're at now. Just, just hang kind of like with like this Megan. I'm like, oh, gosh, I feel like we could, we really would be like Megan Sweens, soul sisters on another level. And, and honestly, life is, that's what life is all about is community and friendship and family. And I feel so blessed that we have you, those of you listening. So thank you so much for being part of our family and our life. Yeah. But I am dying to talk about Married at First Sight. Yes, we are going to give a quick recap of where the season is now. And I believe it's episode 14 or 15. Well, let's take a quick break to talk about one of my favorite sponsors. And it's one of my favorite sponsors because it makes Jamie look super sexy. And if you've heard us mention this in the past, you know it's Honey Love. Now, Honey Love has the best shapewear on the market, hands down. They were voted the number one wedding shapewear out there. Now, Jamie got the Queen Brief shapewear, which gives her more of an hourglass shape, but the best part about this shapewear is the flexible boning in the side seam, so it doesn't roll down whatsoever. There's no wrestling match with trying to get your shapewear on or off. She also has a super comfortable bra, which is the Honey Love Silhouette Bra, and there's absolutely no underwire. There's no bending over and having it poke you. You could even adjust the straps. You can crisscross them uh, if you wanted more of a uh, crisscross in the back. But she looks amazing in both. And for you listening, you get 20% off at honeylove.com backslash HMCP. That's honeylove.com backslash HMCP for 20% off Honey Love. If you're looking for shapewear, if you're looking for super, super comfortable bras without any underwire go to honeylove.com backslash hmcp all right let's get back to it well that makes me think that our episode is coming up where we recap oh yeah yeah did, do people know do you guys know that do you know that we are <laughs> going to be on married at first sight on lifetime coming up soon here yes if you didn't know now you know if you don't know now you know. Well, so, yeah, so we it's more of a cast tell-all. Yeah, it is a cast tell-all. Um, and it really just focuses on the current season and through um, through the episodes. But there is a very lovely surprise that happens between Doug and I on that show. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. How do that. you forget about that? I forgot. How on earth do you forget about that? <laughs> I didn't forget about that. I'll tell you that right now. So, um the biggest, the biggest thing that's happened uh, with Merit at First Sight now is the second wedding of, of Michael. Michael and Chloe. So anybody that hasn't watched it, this um, is the first spoiler time alert. Merit at First Sight history. Yeah. So the first, uh, first wedding for Michael was in a dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> to put the girl it walked down the aisle and said, I can't do this and walked out the side door. Um, that was it. Yeah, that's really sad because um, she looked at him. Yeah. And then just ran. Now that's so sad. Michael is uh I feel if if this was Love is Blind, I feel like Michael would have yes. no problem getting any yes. girl that is behind that curtain. Oh my gosh, Doug, you're so right. But he is a very particular taste. That is such an interesting thought. If he didn't go on married at first sight, but he went on love if is blind. If he was blind. love is blind, like he would be able to make a connection. Like emotional that connection through a sheet that you can't see is the person. An interesting thought, and it's not because okay. First of all, I'm let's not back saying it up. he's he's his appearance he's, or anything. No, he's, no, no. He's eccentric. He's, he's eccentric, and he has his own flavor and his own style. And I think that that when you're meeting someone, I'll just speak for myself. For when I married you, 
first impressions really matter when you're getting married to a stranger. I mean, you're committing your whole life and it's legal. It's legally binding. So you look at them and you're like, that's going to be my forever. Like, but you if, know, if I throw a caveat in there though, um, and I don't know who I'm speaking to, uh, if, if you're going to go on married for a day, take it from our experience. The first impression, yes, is important, but it's not the most important thing. It's not. And you should giving shouldn't... yourself to the experiment and yeah. to the person and trying is the most important. But thing. to your point with the love is blind thing is that if, if you're, you know, if his wife is walking in down the aisle and seeing him for the first time that she might be like, Oh my gosh, like this is not my, my right. taste in a guy. Meanwhile, he is so sweet and genuine and seems to be very successful because he's sure. Yeah. And- like very kind and forgiving and lighthearted. And like I said, seems to be very successful because apparently he's willing to spend a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes. And I'm like, I don't, I would never spend a thousand dollars on a yeah. pair of shoes. And I've said this in, in previous hot marriage school parent episodes, um, or the, the last one, when we did a recap going into this, I, I love the experts. I respect the process and you know, it's, it's not the experts fault. It's, it's really not because they, they go off. Yes, there's a feeling, but they go off it. And, and what I loved about the most recent episode is they actually played the interview oh, that we, they gave. And we're going to, we're going to the cart ahead of to, the horse. I know, but I can't we'll wait to, to talk that. about that. But, but you know, when you're, you have someone like Michael, you're getting to know Michael and you know, like Pepper's gone through his house and seen him. And then you pair him with someone who's a minimalist. Yeah. And the guy has a closet that's like the size of our bedroom with, like, filled with designer clothes and shoes. And just, he brought more, dresses than she did to their honeymoon yeah that's you know and i'm not saying that's a deal breaker but it is is it it is she says she's a minimalist and he's clearly very eccentric and into like style and fashion it's a very obvious black and white like how is that gonna mesh and i'm like again it's just his his style doesn't speak Chloe to, to like Chloe yeah. sort of like farm girl. Wholesome. She's not farm girl. I know. I'm not, I'm not I saying would say farm girl, like, but she's like that little wholesome person. Like hippie you know, like, maybe, but, but not really. But something <laughs> that, something that I really. But yeah, that is interesting. Like yeah. how, like, it's just like, how did you think those two were going to work? But you know, what's also on the flip side of that. Chloe doesn't necessarily want children and neither does he. And I feel like there are very few people in this world who are like cool without having children. I mean, and there is an opposites attract thing. I get that. Yeah. So something that gave me hope was the fact that she wore pink Converse sneakers to her wedding and Michael was wearing a pink suit. I mean, and they didn't plan that at all. Interesting thought. too. And for as nervous as she was going in, and that's one of my favorite parts is like, when they film you right before you walk in and you see the person, like how nervous, like she was shaking at that point. And then you get in and you can tell she committed like right away. She committed and was just like, you know what? This is my person. And and I really like that. I think that's amazing because if let's say she wasn't attracted, but she still committed. My thought is like, what a great person for this whole experiment, because like that's exactly it. That's what it's all about is, you know, you, you just, you, you committed to this before you saw the person. Now you see the person, give that person a chance, you know, but moving on because I want to talk about Brennan and Emily. Well, before that, so there, I wanted to just point out a couple observations that maybe not a lot of people picked up on at their wedding. So there was a few moments. So, um, 
Orion is a, a big frustration for me. Well, first of all, why why is Orion and as much as I love uh, Lauren, but like, why are they there? Because I feel like that's like bad well, so, juju to have like a couple that just got married on your same season and they're already divorced well, at your wedding day. That was one of my things. That's that, bad juju. Like, what wanted. are we doing here? That was a, so like it, there is, there is that sort of camaraderie now for these seasons, which I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't think it would have worked for us because I don't want to be part of uh, someone else's marriage, someone else's marriage, giving advice to somebody else or hearing somebody else's problems. Like you have six weeks to focus on staying married to someone and like growing in that relationship instead of like, making- instead of making fraternity brothers or sorority <laughs> sisters, but a few things from the wedding. So it was an icebreaker moment for Orion and Lauren. So it did spark a conversation to get them back talking civilly, um, which, you know, Lauren is one of the most mature, oh my gosh, I love emotionally Lauren. connected uh, people, and she's one of my one of my favorites that are on there. And it was almost like Orion just he he was he just really wanted to take some guilt off his shoulders. I felt and the but the bonkers thing to me was they set up Michael and Orion to have a conversation about what advice. Orion has for Michael. And the dude on the, uh, with this is process. no longer married. Like what? <laughs> like how is that encouraging? What? Like that Why? Was, I feel like that's discouraging, but yeah. I don't know. Anyways. And then the other thing that I picked up on was obviously Claire and Cameron are done. Um, you know, they're, they're, they friend zoned and yeah. whatever you think about, uh, Claire, I feel like Cameron liked her. I, I think he did in the I beginning and now her. I think she's catching a feeling because he's pushing her away. Well, well one, you know, he's not really around, obviously he was having health issues, but when they were at the wedding, Claire still introduced him as her husband, uh, that's her husband when she yeah. could have just said, you know, this is someone that I was married with. I don't know. That was maybe I'm just well, thinking just too odd. much into it. I don't know. All of it's odd. It's like, yeah, but like her kind of pining after him now that he's not around is interesting because I swear she kept rejecting him over and over again. Like he was like, not the first to ever say, yeah, we're just really not hitting it off. Like she was always the first to consistently say, yeah, it's just really, when we get along so well, I don't understand why we're not hitting it off, but it's so platonic, after, right? After a and week. he's like, yeah, so platonic. Like, you know, I just feel like to save face, like, what's he going to say? No, I'm totally into you. Like, which I guess he could have if he yeah. was, but I, I just got the body language feeling that Cameron was definitely into Claire and it would have taken it, taken it further than those platonic vibes. I mean, he was putting his arm around her. He was really trying. He brought her those roses. I mean, he was really trying and she just constantly, and I don't blame her. I'm not, it's not to fault her or whatever, but she yeah. kind of friend zoned him really. And now she's like upset and wondering why she feels friend zoned. And it's like, girl, you did it I yourself. Know. Yeah. And you know, for, well, one thing about um, just to go back to Chloe and I, I am optimistic about them. Uh, I do hope that they find a connection and stay together. And I think um, one thing that I wanted to give her kudos on was her choice in what to do on the honeymoon because she's scared of heights and she went yeah. right up and did something super adventurous and faced her fears, which I think is an amazing way to find trust in the person like right away. Like if you can find comfort, if you're scared of heights and you can find comfort in your partner right away, when yeah, you're that's very like true. staring down your fear, like that's a big deal. I, I just hope so that too. they hit it off. I, I, 
you know, I, I think she's being nice right now with, with his style and everything, but, uh, I don't know. Should we move Well, on? and on the flip side, like, is he into her? Like, does he expect someone as eccentric as he is? Cause she's definitely not. So it's just interesting. We'll see how that pans out. Well, I think with the second time around, I think you've, I would feel an obligation to give it an extra like chance, you know, like on him or on her for if it was me in that position. Like something happened, you know, there, but then they found me another match, like or oh, even for sure. Like I would, I would, I would do everything in my power yeah. to make it work because that but would I feel be. Like there's also a lot of pressure on Chloe because she knows that the first bride ran away, and like, gosh, I think he squared that up with the her pretty easily. Of pressure though, because she's probably like, well, why wasn't she into him? Which or, really, there's no good reason other than, or she- it could have been just meant to be. Yeah, and she's looking at it like that, which I think is fabulous. Yeah. Not like she's second choice yes. you know that um but one of my favorite parts about the episode um this recent episode was that i feel like brennan everybody's going to be able to start seeing who brennan really is yeah it's always interesting when people are like the experts how did they not see this and it's like well here's the proof in the pudding because yes that he really my favorite part of the season so far yeah is them actually showing brennan his own interviews and showing emily too which Emily has the best eye roll. She has zero and, poker face. And she has the best facial expressions of anybody because... Uh, yeah, she does. And you can tell that Brennan hates to talk, hates when somebody talks about him or tries to get vulnerable or yeah. intimate in a conversation He's on just camera. trying so hard. You could see him just seething and yeah. seething. And I think Pastor Cal did an amazing job. I think Emily is being... She's she's still being too nice. Well, first... And I know she's probably, that's in her nature, but like, he's been such a dick to her. Yeah, and I she feel keeps like he is a loose cannon ready to freaking explode. Like, and I'm like, what happens behind closed doors? Yeah. I hope she's safe because he just seems like, I don't know, like one little match and the fire is going to explode. That would scare the sh- out of me. If I... If I was with somebody on the show and then I saw their interview and they were the opposite person of that would scare the crap out of me too. That would make me run for the hills. Yeah, like I'm not you're not coming back home to my house with me. I'll go someplace else. Like that's yeah, I totally agree. I don't know. I I just think she she deserves better and I I think that everything's gonna start to come to fruition where, you know, I, I don't I don't see them making it, but I really hope that, you know, Brennan I I mean when someone tries to act so cool all the time on camera, you can tell that they're they're just something is off. Yeah, and something is so off. Yeah, but um, the uh, what was I going to say for um, something that I started to think about, and we'll kind of wrap up the episode. Um, this was the first season that I've watched in a while where there's been so many and so so quick of a friend zone. Oh yeah. Like the couples would get in a friend zone, which, which led me to the question of if you are in married at first sight and you're in a friend zone for two weeks, do you stick it out if you see no hope? I just think that, yeah, because, but you have to not look at it like that. Like you have to look at it like there's, there's hope. And if I do like the, the homework that the experts give me, and if I go to the, you know, counseling sessions, and if we just talk to each other, like 
you have to give it your best shot. And that's I mean, why we made it. Yeah. And, and the reason why I asked that was because I think the show and the experts are doing a disservice to these couples by, by letting not, them by not not let i mean if you if you don't see an, uh, a future like you, you want to get out of the marriage but to to not spend the night with each other to well i can't to, say the show or the experts are doing that i mean it's them doing it and we were not allowed like there, oh, there was they, no question for us oh, to Car- sleep in separate yes it was places with your whole smoking thing carly said do you want to go back to your apartment to sleep right but that's something that happened and that was our us. producer carly who but so we never had i didn't have to stay there i just chose to stay there because i thought i felt like it was really childish of me to be like oh yeah i cannot sleep in the same apartment as this man right but that's what lied. i'm saying like you have six weeks and you're not going to, you're not going to get a good sense of marriage if you're not I agree a hundred percent, but we can't put that on the experts or the show. I mean, they can't force well, so these people. Not, 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 I mean, not necessarily the experts, but like the, the cast, the kid, if you're not willing to spend the I night, mean, it literally comes down to each of them and their relationships. You have like, six weeks. Yeah. It's a show that but, films you before and after work. Yeah, like it would be when you would hang out with your girlfriend or your wife anyway. So just go home and like forget that you're chance. filming anyways. And if you really want the marriage and if you really want a relationship, pretend like that's not there and then just focus on the person, not like the other things around you. And I think that is diff- more easier said than done. But that is part of the reason that we worked out, too, is that we were able to forget the logistics of what we were doing and just kind of hone in on each other and focus on each other. And we did really truly trust our experts and believe that they had our best interests in our mind or uh, like their best, our best interests in their mind. And I don't believe like that is where the disconnect is with this season. And many seasons I've seen recently is that I don't think that the, the talent, like the, the, the couples, I guess, I don't think that the couples are feeling like they can genuinely trust the experts because they're not even listening to them. They're not following their directions. And so I feel like maybe they should have like an extra, I don't know, somehow that has to be fixed because I mean, it's the experts that put you together and you're there because you can't seem to find one yourself. You might want to listen to them. If you can't do a fish bowl in a hot tub, you have no business being on Married at First Sight. Yeah, that's like the whole, that is Married at First Sight in a nutshell. That is. (laughs) That's an accelerated process. The fish bowl came from season one all the way to now. You got to do the fish bowl exercise. My my (laughs) fear of getting to know the other couples during the show, like if we were able to see the other couples, my, my fear was seeing just the side conversation. So Claire and Emily finding common ground about their lack of husbands. And then just like constantly feeding into now feeding into each other. And, you know, when you have someone like Lauren and Orion, you know, you you have a need to go and comfort Lauren and and go on that. And so your your energy and, you know, that part of your cup is you're you're not filling your husband or your wife's cup. You're You're giving it to somebody else and it just, I feel like it draws. At a time that you really got to focus on your own marriage. It draws the attention away from working on you. And not for nothing, but I know without a fact, because I've thought about this a lot, that if in our season we had known each other and been able to like be around each other, I would have been absolutely intimidated by Courtney and Jason. I would have been like, oh, well, they clearly are in love and we're not. And so what am I even trying to do here? Yeah, the only only shot that we have is... um, 
what's her face that's uh, not religious and the dude that Becca is Becca and Austin. Becca and Austin. I mean, that's the only hope I think for this season. Yeah, that's what it seems like right now. But yeah. I mean, well, that's that's change. Yeah, I mean, and that, they have that's in the past. He, that's if he, you know, lets her get into his pants. I've never, oh golly, Jesus! I've Doc. never witnessed true, so many dudes that do not want to sleep with their willing wives. <laughs> like I don't get it. <laughs> like these women are these these women want to sleep with their husbands. Yeah, and their husbands do not want to sleep with them. Yeah, I just, it's very I've never experienced that before. Yeah, it really does make you wonder. Like you it's seem so like strange. you're really hitting it off, and you really like each other, and everything's going well. It's so strange. But you don't want. I mean, you're even making out, and you're all over each yeah. other, but you don't want to consummate your marriage. What is he hiding? I don't get that. Like it is very confusing. Uh, yeah. But needless to say, we will absolutely be back next week with another recap for you because it's getting good this season. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you so much for listening and being here with us today. And yeah. I want to know your thoughts on taking Married at First Sight back to its roots. Yeah, Let's would... bring it back to the couples not knowing each other and having separate journeys. I want to know your thoughts. Leave uh, comments or a review um, or just message us. Because yeah, just let us know. I want to know if I'm the only one. I feel like maybe people actually like them knowing each other because then you get to see the friendships build and I, stuff. I know, but it's not about friendships. It's about marriage. And when you have a show that hasn't produced in the last couple seasons, like like genuine couples, I mean, there's been one in the last three seasons. Oh, really? What was the one? Oh, Nicole and Chris? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the ones that did goat really? yoga or whatever. Oh, that's I think those good. are the only ones. I don't know. I guess I haven't really analyzed it like that, but... You know, like, I mean, but there's like, something that's missing. Yeah, I hope that's not, like, a bad omen for Married at First Sight. No, I don't think it is. I just think it's, you know, when you when you have a... I, and I will, I'll, I'll wrap this up, but, you know, when you have season after season that's like this, you know, like, and... Depending on the ratings, obviously, if the ratings are good, then, you know, not much will change about the show. But, you know, if people are watching that, you know, what do you think the people that are going to try out for the show, what do you think they're thinking? They're going to go on, they're going to be able to hang out with a bunch of guys and girls and be on TV. It's almost like, you know, how it is in Australia or and like honestly, on The Bachelor where it's just you go on to be part of a show and, and that's like not be married. You can't you can't do that with too marriage. Common. Yeah, like marriage, don't ruin the sanctity of marriage, it's you know? It's becoming too common that people just, like, they just throw marriage away so quick. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. I don't really want to get behind that um, at all. I yeah. don't get behind that at all, but. I have <sighs> hopes for Married at First Sight, but um, yeah, 10 years, uh, 10 years ago soon. Yeah, super exciting. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for, for uh Hanging with us again and listening to us recap and just like shoot the crap with you. We'll talk to you next week. Let us know if you want any certain um, guests on. We haven't had, we had Courtney on, but I mean, you should let me know if you want any guest on at all that you're just dying to have us interact with or you want to see or hear from. Let me know and I will try my best to get them on so you can hear from them. Talk to you later. Bye. Love Love you. you. Bye.